You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 79th programme of Thinking In and our 37th remote programme in the time of the coronavirus, or whatever is left of it. Mm. The programme is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Last week we talked about violence against women and how this really represent, represents an everyday tragedy that is all too brutally common. We argued that violence against women is connected to restricted gender roles, with women overwhelmingly performing the free or mm. cheap caring work that makes capitalism and private profit, profit possible. As well, men still seem to be considered to be the providers mm. or the breadwinners, even in the face of all the evidence that women are winning as much bread as men do. Yeah, but still not earning as much as men, of course. That's right. As we also know, they don't make much more than winning the bread because of the inequality still bedeviling women's incomes, keeping it well or keeping them well below the men's incomes and often having to be totally in charge of all the house and care work as well. Yeah, that's right. And we know we know our culture very much supports this inequality between men and women. Mm. Mm. The research tells us that violence against women is associated with low support for gender equality in a number of areas, including decision-making, division of labour, income and so on. Yeah, so last week we also talked about the capitalist ideology of mastery and control that has long subjugated Indigenous peoples as well as exploited and destroyed the natural environment, and not just women. So it's to do with mastery, control, oppression. Uh, So we thought we'd go into that a bit more today. And again, see what sort of cooperative reimagining and reworkings might get us out of this mess. Mm, So Jacques, Jacques has written an interesting book chapter about this, yet to be published, and I thought it would be good to get him to talk about it a bit. But first, I had a couple of lingering questions from the last program. So, Jacques, you talked about projects you've been involved in personally and with Borderlands, projects with men and in communities to address violence against women and bring about, of course, healthy and supportive ways of relating with women. So, uh, as I recall, you talked about men's groups. So there's been criticism of groups for men who have abused women. One, that they redirect resources from women where the support should really be directed, and that's the argument. And two, that they provide a therapeutic type of escape uh, for their behaviour 
um, for behaviour that should be really treated as criminal in the same way as if it was carried out in the street with a non-family member rather than going to uh, inverted commas group. So what would you say to that shark? Well, first of all, probably confirming that I have been working with and in men's groups and in communities on men's issues, particularly men's violence issues, for the last 25 years, starting out with a program that was running men's groups and they would come voluntarily or later as mandated by the court to be attended mm -hmm. by men so that they would basically improve their behaviour. What became clear there is that the importance of accountability to women as men were working with one another and with themselves, of course, in groups and the need for women, both as partners or ex-partners, to be involved in some way, in safety, but be involved. They need to know what's going on. But, but what if they don't want to? Also. What if they don't want to, Jean? Well, that's, that's up to them, really. Mm -hmm. But uh, particularly for ex-partners, that was the case mm -hmm. for quite a number of women who didn't want to have to do anything yeah. with their abuser anymore. But uh, it is really important to create a, a system of accountability so that the women could also, they themselves, tell the organisers of the men's group whether there was any change in the behaviour mm -hmm. or uh, that particularly also... Uh, we could talk with women in terms of the safety they needed because many, many times men also, as is being suggested, they actually learn how, how to then shift their physical violence to a psychological violence. Mm -hmm. So then to the... Uh, so that is really an important kind of an additional point of attention which we need to pay. Then to the question about shifting the money to... Uh, from where it is needed by women to men, that's a little bit of a, of a I don't know, a difficult kind of one because, first of all, I think it is necessary to work preventatively mm -hmm. and that has to happen with men. Mm -hmm. Men need to learn how to behave properly, to say it in that direct way. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it also means that all funding that should go to this issue, whether it's for men or for women's issues, they need to be addressed as relational issues rather than just continue with that individualised kind of approach, mm -hmm. which we too often take. The third thing is that it is true that men are mostly the perpetrators. I just confirmed that before. But only supporting the victim is known to be short-sighted in so many of the welfare interventions. Mm -hmm. And finally, both responses, they should be funded they should be funded sufficiently, and how to sort of untangle the source for that, for, or that money or the resources going to men and women, that would really be an interesting thing. But it is not really a core issue. Mm. I think mm -hmm. all of that should be paid and funded and be treated. Yeah, and I suppose from my own work um, a while ago now, evaluating a men's programme, um, pro, um, programs to prevent male violence and bring about change, they should, they really have to be providing support to the women being abused. And that's of really central importance, which I think you were mm, saying that, as well, Shark. That's right. And of course, the yeah. other point mm -hmm. about um, therapy versus um, so, someone going to jail is that will take another, at least another one program, is just to <laughs> look at the jail system anyway and rehabilitation. That's right. Yeah, so um, near, the, near the end of Think Again last week, um, you also said that we need to transform the culture 
of organisations and communities towards respectful behaviour and women's empowerment. So transforming the culture towards respectful behaviour and women's empowerment. And we ran out of time to really focus on women's empowerment, which I was very conscious of. So um, Mm -hmm. can you just maybe just briefly um, tell us what you actually meant by that? Mm -hmm. Well, the most immediate thing to be done is uh, to remove the glass ceilings and the glass walls, which prevent women from moving upwards or sidewards. Then I think important important would be to create processes of accountability as well as introduce what is referred to as restorative work, where tensions and conflicts in the relationship, in the in the, in the work in organisations or, uh, or workplaces can be discussed and resolved mm. where capabilities for meaningful collaboration can be learned mm. and practised and experimented mm-hmm. with. So increase possibilities for ongoing dialogue and participatory process, which is not easy in capitalist mm-hmm. un, un, uh, uh, enterprises and not even not in, in government kind of... Of, of agencies or departments where uh, the, the pyramidal kind of way of running things is mm-hmm. just so notorious. Yeah, mm. um, I guess I'd agree there's, there are immediate things that have to be changed like pay for women. It's disgraceful after all of these years and, and also breaking down glass ceilings. And really Parliament could set a good example with more women but also more women from all types of economic and cultural backgrounds for a start rather than you know the current mob of old white Mm -hmm. mainly Mm anglo-saxon men (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and um and i guess it also we don't have time to go into it here but do we want are we succeeding when women go into patriarchal Mm. roles top-down hierarchical so that's another issue as well um i figure yep and then mm. there's um, more incremental things we have to do, um, but there's more incremental things we changes we have to make, but also enduring cultural change has to happen. So I agree with you um, in that, Jacques. Mm. So I guess um, reimagining our world together and, and learning how to do things better, really together. Mm. Exactly. So to let this sink in a bit, let's go to a music break, Gazing Over by Maria Moles.
every corner of the land. Womankind, arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming on 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about bringing about a healthier and more sustainable world with a focus on how we relate with each other and the natural world that we're part of. Yeah, that's right. So, Shark, on to your as yet unpublished book chapter. I'm really hesitant to read its title, though I know that I have to or I know I must, but I did come up with the brainwave of asking you to explain it and using that as a question. So the title of your book chapter is Restorative and Regenerative Relational Praxis Must Include the Non-Human. So I'll say that again. Restorative and Regenerative Relational Praxis Must Include the Non-Human. So can you explain that title, Jacques, and tell us a little bit about what your book, chap- book chapter is about in the process. <laughs> yes, well, first of all, the chapter is part of a book which has the title of uh, Post-Anthropocentric post Social Work. Now you've made it worse. <laughs> yeah, well, post-anthropocentric means, remember that we have been talking a lot about the way in which we understand ourselves in our world. With almost like uh, these uh, Russian Russian dolls, where I am in the middle, mm-hmm. the me, then surrounding it is the human being, where whom we think of as being in the middle of everything else that exists. That's right. But we have also culture centricity, which is particularly our way of thinking in the West, that the West is in the centre of everything and that has brought its goodies out to the rest of the world. And finally, we still think about the world sitting in the midst, in the middle of the entire cosmos. So all of that centrist kind of thinking is what is being challenged in that book yeah. because social work like most other professions they sit within that kind of way of thinking mm. and so the chapter i was contributing was particularly trying to to wonder how can we rethink social work but also many other uh, social professions or human professions mm-hmm. to think ourselves as both social workers, professionals, as well as the people we work with, out of that centre. And therefore, to restore our ways of thinking about ourselves, as well as also the way in which we understand better uh, our position in the world that surrounds us, as well as also how we better understand the relationships we have with one another as human beings. So it is back to what our very first program in 3CR was about, and that is thinking about us humans as relational beings rather than as individual subjects who are just not thinking about ourselves as if 
we as individuals is all there is about agency, about understanding how the world moves and all of that. Mm. The world only moves relationally. Mm. So that's really what I have been trying to do and therewith extend the thinking about that relationality from what happens between humans in that in-between space between us to what happens between humans and the non-human. Don't we have to then also think about the non-human in a more personal kind of way and therefore examine our relationship with the non-human. So that's what the chapter is about. Mm. And so it's taking the focus off people as individuals working in uh, uh, very simple linear interactions with Mm -hmm. other people and objects and things. It's really moving a focus on moving the focus onto that network of relationships or relationality yes. between people, the, the yeah. world, the natural world, yeah. all living mm. things. That's right. Thinking about it, uh, as sort of as a relational system, as a connectivity system rather than uh, just all dancing around as isolated private individuals, really. Mm. Mm. So on that note, we'll go to a quick promo. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's voice of dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about healthier and more sustainable ways of relating with one another as humans and us humans with the world, the natural world that surrounds us. Mm. And of course I'm talking to you, Jacques, about a book chapter that you've written. So uh, you've got a great quote from Donna Haraway, which I won't give in full, but she suggests we need to re-world, re-imagine relive and reconnect with each other. So I really like the way she uses language. So can you talk a bit about what she's saying and what listeners may take from this in their own efforts uh, toward creating social change? Well, that is probably one of the central quotes uh, in the book, which uh, is titled, her book, which is titled Staying with the Trouble. So what she's really saying that rather than just look from a distance as to what we are doing and have done historically and keep doing to the world and basically see it go for the dogs, we actually should stay with the trouble we are causing and stay in that relationship and from that position, from that point, see what we can do about what we are causing constantly. So rather than remove ourselves and take distance from the, the, the influence and the impact we have on what surrounds us in terms of nature, but also what surrounds us in terms of other human beings. We should stay with it, understand our being in that world as being with multi-species, and therefore our concern should not just be the well-being of us as the human species, but our concern should be also looking at the well-being of the other species, mm-hmm. of which really our own sustainability and survival depends. Yeah, yeah. And that means, therefore, also that we need to start 
thinking very differently about care. Mm. And I'm using that particularly because of the fact that social work is supposed to be a caring uh, profession. Mm -hmm. And usually we think about caring in that kind of way that we are caring for other people who obviously can't care for themselves. That is our individualism and our person-centeredness, which basically tells us that everyone in their right mind and in being an okay human being should be able to care for themselves. Mm. Self-care is the ideal. Mm. And I think that is such a wrong way and a confirmation of that individualism and that self-centeredness. So moving away from that and therefore rethinking care, not yeah. as, a, as a moral kind of thing or something you do for those and with those who can't care yet for themselves, that we actually think about care as a condition of survival yeah. rather than a moral obligation. Is it that we're all part of like an intercaring network. Absolutely. Intercaring network and that therefore that's where, yeah, and, and that is after where, each other, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, yep, absolutely. And that, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you go. I'm looking at the clock again. But um, Father mm-hmm. Shark, I, I'm just going to repeat your quote from Robin Wall Kimmerer, who suggests that we should all humbly learn from the plants as per Indigenous tradition. And she says that, and I love this quote, quote, in the Western tradition there is a recognised hierarchy of beings with, of course, the human being on top the pinnacle of evolution, the darling of creation and the plants at the bottom, unquote. But she says in native ways of knowing, humans are not so important at all, really. Um, To continue um, quoting her, we say that humans have the least experience with how to live and thus most to learn. We must look to our teachers among the other species for guidance. They've been on the earth for longer than we have and have had time to figure things out. They live both above and below the ground, joining sky world to the earth. Plants know how to make food and medicine from light and water, and then they give it away. It's, a, it's one of the most beautiful statements, I think you're right. And a lot of the chapter really turns around that knowledge that we are latecomers in as far as survival is concerned. And therefore she, that means uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer, she is an indigenous person from North America, so a, a a First Nation person. She also is a professor and she also is a scientist, a biologist. Mm -hmm. And so she really puts it well, that is, we as as a species of latecomers, we have everything to learn uh, about survival just by looking at plants and the way in which they interact with and, and you know, interact with one another. So mm. that leads me then to also look at ourselves here in Australia. Mm. We have our local knowledge holders, so many of them surrounding us and wanting to share, as the Makarata statement has very clearly said, want to share with all of us their knowledge, the knowledge they learned over more than 80,000 years Mm. of keeping this place safe, connected, and all of that. Mm. So, and whilst, meanwhile, quantum theory, neuroscience, all of those things, they have uh, increasingly confirmed the relationality of all of us, of all species, of as human beings with one another, and how our neurological 
uh, network uh, basically also is is geared to that connectivity survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we actually should carefully listen to those who have always thought that way, and that is our Aboriginal people, uh, who keep telling us again and again and again what it means to live well Mm -hmm. in a country like Australia because they have shown it to us how they have been able to do it. Mm. So listening to them would probably be the most important relational move we could make, both for the professions we inhabit but also generally for learning about what it means and what it takes to sustain our environment to sustain the way in which we are dependent utterly on Mm. other species for our own survival. And that's a really great point to end the program on, Shark. Did you have Mm. any community service announcements? Yes, just to let people know that uh, we think that we very soon will be able to move into a permanent place. Uh, which is what we always have wanted mm. when we came to Footscray about a year and a bit ago. Mm. Uh, we just had started conversations with a local place here in Footscray, in the centre, and uh, probably by mid-January we will be able to confirm what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and welcome everyone to come and visit us. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a really going to be really interesting and fruitful transformation for Borderlands, I guess, in 2020. <laughs> certainly, yes. <laughs> and I, yeah. um, to finish off, and for anyone interested in joining a support group for dealing with domestic or family violence, you can contact the Domestic Violence Resource Centre Victoria or DVRCV. Uh, you could do that via the DVRCV website or call them on 03-8346-5200. That's for a support group dealing with domestic violence, 03-8346-5200. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's programme, particularly as it was rather dense, Email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au and put Think Again in the subject line. Our programmes are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And we thank again Clive Byrne for technical support and music selection. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and their friends. To bring us into Jailbreak, we have... World Turning by Yothu Yindi. I've been-